Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 72 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. 6. Doubts of Sanctification from Sudden Dullness After Duties Others, when they have been at holy exercises and in good company have felt joy and sweet comfort therein, but afterward, oftentimes, much dullness has suddenly seized upon them, which makes them fear they have no root in themselves and that their joys and comforts were not sound. This dullness after fresh comforts may and often does befall those in whom is truth of grace, but commonly through their own fault. And to speak freely to you, it may be, you were not thankful to God for your joys and comforts when you had them, but did ascribe too much to yourselves or unto the outward means by which you had them. Or it may be, you did too soon let go your hold of these spiritual comforts, betaking yourself to worldly business or to other thoughts. Before you had sufficiently digested these, and before you had committed them under safe custody, insomuch that the devil, finding your comforts lie loose and unguarded, steals them from you. Or else happily the Lord knows that you are not able to bear the continuance of your joys and comforts, but your hearts will be overlight and overjoyed and exalted above measure. 2 Corinthians 7, 7. Therefore, in his just chastisements, or in his loving wisdom, God may suffer deadness in this sort to seize you. 7. Doubts of sanctification on account of being outdone by others. There are also some who, when they perceive that some New converts to religion who have not had half of the time or means to be good as they have had, yet outstrip them in knowledge, faith, mortification, and willingness to die, doubt of the truth of their own graces. It is more than you can certainly know whether they have more saving grace than you, or when, with a charitable eye, you look upon the outside of another's behavior and shall look with a severe and searching eye into the corruptions of your own heart, you may easily, through modesty and charity, think others better than yourselves. And it is good for you so to do. An error in that case, if you do commit it, is tolerable. Many also can utter what they have, it may be, better than you, and can make a small matter seem much, and a little to go far, when many times you, in modesty, may not set forth yourself, or, if you would, could not. But let it be granted that many of short standing in the school of Christianity have got the start of you in grace, 
If it was through God's grace, accompanying their diligence, and from his just hand upon you, following your negligence, then they are to be commended, and you are to be humbled, and to be provoked unto an holy emulation by them to quicken your pace and to double your diligence. But take heed that it be not your pride and self-love which causes you not to bear it, that others should be better than yourselves. It may be that it is not your fault, but it is from God's abundant grace unto others above that which you have received. For the scriptures make it evident that God gives unto several men differently according to his good pleasure. Ephesians 4, 7, Romans 7, 3, 1 Corinthians 7, 11. Hence it was that David became wiser than his teachers and ancients. Psalm 119, 99 and 100. And the apostle Paul attained more grace than those that were in Christ before him. God gives unto some five talents, when he gives unto others but two. He that has most given him gains in the same space of time twice as much as the other. Yet he that gained but two talents had his commendation and his proportionable reward of well-doing. For the Lord saith unto him also, Well done, faithful servant, enter into thy master's joy. Matthew 25, 21-23 For he improved his talents according to the measure of grace received, though he gained not so much as the other. Take heed that your eye be not evil, because God is good. Matthew twenty fifteen. May not he give as much unto the last as unto the first, and more, if he please? We should rather be thankful for the increase of grace in others than either to repine at them or without ground to conclude against the truth of our own. For we are much the better if we would see it for others' graces. God's kingdom is enlarged and strengthened thereby. The common good of Christ's body, which is the church, gains by it. Now, the more excellent any member of the body is, according to his gifts and place, the rest of the members should therein the more rejoice. 1 Corinthians 12.26 8. Doubts of sanctification from a sense of the hardness of the heart. Lastly, many yet will say, Their hearts remain hard and stony, yea, they say that they grow harder and harder. Wherefore, they think that the stony heart was never taken out of them and that they remain unsanctified. Know that there are two sorts of hard hearts. One total and not felt which will not be broken, nor brought unto remorse, either by God's threats, commandments, promises, judgments, or mercies, Zechariah 7.11, but obstinately stands out 
in a course of sin, being past feeling. Ephesians 4, 19. The second is a hardness mixed with some softness, which is felt and bewailed. This is incident to God's children. Of this the church complains, saying unto God, Why hast thou hardened our hearts against thy fear? Isaiah 63, 17. Now, when the heart feels its hardness and complains of it, is grieved and dislikes it, and would that it were tender like Josiah's, 2 Chronicles 34, 27, so that it could melt at the hearing of the word. This is a sure proof that the heart is regenerate and not altogether hard, but has some measure of true softness. For it is by softness that hardness of heart is felt. Witness your own experience. For before the hammer and fire of the word were applied to your hearts, you had no sense of it and never complained thereof. You must not call a heavy heart a hard heart. You must not call a heart wherein is a sense of indisposition to good a hard heart, except only in comparison of that softness which is in it sometimes and which it shall attain unto when it shall be perfectly sanctified, in which respect it may be called hard. Whosoever has his will so wrought upon by the word that it is bent to obey God's will, if he knew how and if he had power, this man, whatsoever hardness he feels, his heart is soft, not hard. The apostle had a heart held in and clogged with the flesh and the law of his members that it made him to think himself wretched because... He could not be fully delivered from it, yet we know his heart was a sound heart, Romans seven twenty four. Among those that are sanctified, there remains more hardness in the heart of some than in others. And what with the committing of gross sins and cursory and slight doing of good duties and through neglect of means to soften it, the same men's hearts are harder at one time than at another, of which they have cause to complain, and for which they have cause to be humbled, and to use all means to soften it. But it is false and dangerous, hence to conclude that such are not in a state of grace because of such hardness in the heart. For as God's most perfect children on earth know but in part and believe but in part, so their hearts are softened, but in part. 1 Corinthians 13, 9. Section 11, Fears of Apostasy Removed. There yet remain many who, though they cannot reply to the answers given to take away their false fears and doubts, but are forced to yield that they find they now are, or at least have been in, a state of grace, yet this they fear, that they are already fallen or shall not persevere 
but shall fall away before they die. Number one, what kind of Christians may apostatize? Concerning falling away from grace, first know that of those that give their names to Christ in outward profession, there are two sorts. The first sort are such who have received only the common gifts of the Spirit, as first illumination of the mind to know the mystery of salvation by Christ and truly to assent unto it, Hebrews 6, 4 and 5. Secondly, together with this knowledge is wrought in them by the same Spirit a lighter impression upon the affections, which the Spirit calls a taste of the heavenly gift and of the good word of God and of the powers of the world to come, Hebrews 6, 4 and 5. By these gifts of the Spirit, the souls of these men are raised to an ability to do more than nature and mere education can help them unto, carrying them further than nature or art can do, by working in them a kind of spiritual change in their affections and a kind of reformation of their lives. But yet, all this while, they are not engrafted into Christ, neither are deeply rooted as the corn in good ground, nor yet are thoroughly changed and renewed in the inward man. Matthew thirteen twenty one. They have, at best, only a form of godliness, but have not the power thereof. Second Timothy three. This concludes episode 72 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk.